0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/metaverse Impact. You're listening to the Wild Seven Podcast Network Listen different.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Simpin' After Dark, everybody. It's your girl, Ashley Mendoza. And today is a very special episode for many reasons that I am excited about. Um, First of all, let me just get it out of the way. It's the season closer finale. Taking a break after this. And also, I got a special guest, returning guest. uh, I think usually the shows that feature stephanie do pretty well so welcome back stephanie thank you thank you so much for coming through today of course that's gonna be a good one um I think, I don't know if it was the first episode that I had you on that we talked about narcissists. Yes,
2: I believe so. Yeah,
1: so that was probably season two, Mm -hmm. maybe. So it's been a long time and there are a lot of new listeners now. So I kind of want to recap and touch base on a lot more topics that we really didn't get into. Because last time we just kind of like got into the basics. But today, I want to talk about um, kind of like the long term effects of narcissistic abuse in relationships. And it can happen whether it's like you're raised by narcissists, like if your parents or you have a parent that's a narcissist, mm-hmm. or a partner, or a friend, maybe like whatever it may be. There are actually studies about the effects that it can have on your brain. Um, it's pretty interesting. And also, I'm excited because the song that we are going to get into today is by Janae Aiko. It's her song, Triggered Freestyle. It's a fucking bop. One of my favorite songs ever by her, which is actually a very triggering song. And like, I feel like she knew that it was a triggering song because like then she went and released um, the Triggered Protection Protection Mantra after. Um, And it's funny, actually. Last week's episode, I had Val on. So shout out, Val, everyone. Go check her out. That was a really fun episode. But um, she was talking about, because she has a podcast too, and she was talking about how she talks about kind of like using music as therapy, Mm -hmm. which I know like you might be familiar about with working um, as a therapist or whatever. Um, And she was talking about how like she focuses on certain songs that can be therapeutic or certain types of music that can be therapeutic because just like there are songs that can be therapeutic there is music that can actually be triggering
2: definitely (laughs) or
1: bad for you yeah
2: and I think it's also interesting to think about what you choose so are you choosing to put yourself in a situation um that is going to be therapeutic for you or are you putting yourself in a situation that is going to trigger you even more and why are you choosing that
1: yeah it's maybe it could become like a pattern or like a whole thing about comfortability i think it's like something that i've read about or like whatever type of media i consume like it's like TikTok or talking to you Mm -hmm. or like reading or whatever it is twitter like the whole like idea that sometimes you choose toxic partners because it's like what you're used to Mm -hmm. so like if you grew up in the toxic environment you can feel like certain people are like home to you, quote unquote.
2: You don't know any other cycle and you have to feel comfortable in your cycle and you don't know how to get out. So you're going to choose a cycle that is comfortable to you and familiar. And it's going to, you play a similar role. If you were a similar role in your toxic family relationship that you have with your parents or siblings, then you're more likely to choose a similar relationship with your partner. Or there are some people that are like, they have that insight and know I'm going to choose something different. I want I want to change that cycle. And so they will choose a partner that is different. But you have to have that insight to yeah. do
1: so. Do you think there's like something like specific or like anything that can maybe set those people apart? Like people that fall into like that trap versus people that do become more self-aware in terms of like anything, like maybe education, you think? Like socioeconomic mm-hmm. status or maybe certain things you go through?
2: I, it, it's interesting because... Um, I have a family, even uh, my my mom, they came from a big family, and you see the difference in even her siblings. So it's like they have obviously the same socioeconomic economic status. They have the same upbringing. Yeah. It's just their personality traits and um, their resiliency. So that's a whole different topic that maybe I could talk about another time. But um, there's different resiliency traits that oh. make you more likely to be able to get out of it. Um, so there, you know, if you had a traumatic childhood, maybe there's both all siblings that had that same experience, but there's certain traits about you that make you one person become the drug addict that stays in that same cycle that the whole family did. And then there's others that are able to rise above and become successful and say, Hey, I'm going to stand out and I'm not going to keep repeating this cycle. It's just it varies.
1: yeah that's so true. kind of reminds me with like astrology when people like talk about like oh well if you're born same time, same day, same location like why is this person not exactly the same as this person And it's like okay well because certain circumstances can play yeah. into that like no one person's gonna be the same. you could yeah. be born in the same family growing up the same bullshit trauma but like maybe one of you makes it out one of you turns out into a drug addict it's sad but
2: and it's it is kind of almost like the whole nature versus nurture argument where it's not nature versus nurture it's nature and nurture and so it's nature of your natural um, genetics of what you have as an individual and your nurture then you can have different genetics than your sibling and so that's why even in the same environment the nurture part you're still going to be different
1: damn so true so I guess for new listeners that don't know Steph do you want to give us a quick rundown on your background
2: yes so um I am a I guess uh, associate marriage and family therapist so that I kind of specialize in um Multicultural LGBT—that's my kind of specialty. But um, yeah, I I, ma- I have a master's in clinical psychology.
1: Yeah, so she's a master. She knows what she's talking master about. <laughs> she comes through and blesses the podcast from time to time. So I'm so excited to have you back. And as always, I will link below other episodes that you have come through on. Um, let's go ahead and play a clip of yes. "Triggered" by Janae Aiko, which I can't remember if it dropped. I think it was 2019 yeah not last year recent yeah yeah. but it's a good one go figure you were the tricker you brought me to an obstructive view when you know the picture was bigger who am i kidding knew from the beginning you'd ruin everything you do it every time you are my enemy you are no friend of my motherfucker. Motherfucking right, you motherfucking right on Bitter, you motherfucking right i'm triggered, you motherfucking So good. It's so good. Yeah, so I just checked, it's 2019. It came out in May. I remember like when it came out and just like how instantly I was like sucked in. I was hooked. Like I needed to learn the fucking lyrics. Like ASAP. And it's so good. Like she has such a good flow. Um, so it's catchy as fuck and I feel like with her, like just watching her as an artist and knowing her history, like how she kind of like, she has a a daughter and her baby daddy is like Omarion, his brother.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So like, I know they kind of had a toxic relationship and like now she's with Big Sean and just like Mm -hmm. her being in like the public eye, people kind of know like she got. Big Sean's face tatted on her arm, and then she got it removed, but they're still together. Um, I don't want to assume anything, because, you know, one day I think me and her could be besties. I don't (laughs) want her to get mad at me for, like, talking about her relationship. But, um, I don't know, it gives me very much toxic vibes. And I hope not.
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, it seems pretty obvious there's some back and forth. Like, okay, (laughs) okay. why did you choose to get that and why did you regret it or you felt the need to remove it even though you're still in the relationship something must have happened yeah like i think for
1: sure it seems like they both have grown a lot so like i want to you know assuming the best i would say i think they may like maybe grew and they are like that small percentage that like maybe made it out of that toxic cycle because it's not very likely Mm -hmm. but um Hopefully, I don't know, because, like, they're still together. They're a cute couple. They're both very good-looking. Yeah. I mean, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, but just, like, that whole idea is pretty wild. And she's a Pisces, which uh, do with that what you will. <laughs> oh, Steph, what are you for, I'm for a the Libra. Audience? a Libra. A yes. Libra. I like to just, you know, put it out there for yes. everybody just to know if you're into it, then yeah. whatever. If Got not, that whatever. balanced
2: therapist in me. You it's know?
1: so, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> we love a balanced therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's definitely, once this song came out and just the things that she talks about and then the song that she dropped after that, um, not the protection mantra, triggered protection mantra, but there was another one where she actually features Big Sean on it forgot what it's called right now um but it's wild like they work together like she'll be on his projects he'll be on hers like he did a song about like um single and she's doing like background vocals i don't know i love it but it's very triggering Mm -hmm. as this song is but it's also like soothing at the same time like in like a weird healing like maybe like like facing your darkness type of thing i don't know but let's get into some of these lyrics. Then. So she says, go figure, you were the trigger. You brought me to an obstructed view when you knew the picture was bigger. Who am I kidding? Knew from the beginning you'd ruin everything. You do it every time. You are my enemy. You are no friend of mine, motherfucker. Um, so this reminds me and like I don't wanna assume that Big Sean is a narcissist, but mm-hmm. just like the whole idea of you brought me to an obstructed view when you yeah, knew the picture was bigger. I thought about. Right. Like it's yeah. it reminds me, we were talking earlier about how maybe like the early stages of dealing with the narcissist, like mm-hmm. do you wanna kind of explain on that we we're talking about like love bombing yeah. type of thing.
2: And just um so what You know, kind of research shows about um, being having a narcissistic partner is that they love bomb you initially and where they are very um, overwhelming, almost just of like compliments and sharing you with love and all these things to kind of draw you in. Um, and then what research has shown is that once they like basically lock you in by marriage is that's when their traits really start to come out of like, okay, well, I already have her locked in. Now I'm going to really show her the real me where he starts, he or she starts kind of just dis- making you distance from your friends, family, and things like that. Um, but it starts with all that, like, um, I guess different perspective, obstructive view of, um them being this great person, so loving and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they change.
1: So. Like it's a very like um, like pre-planned out thing where like they know what they're doing and, and they're like trying to suck you in. Exactly.
2: I want you to view me as this is the real me. Yeah. And so I'm going to show you what the real me is initially, but then the, the real them is going to yeah. come out once they know that they have you locked in.
1: It's that scary, especially when you like mention, like, once you get married,
2: because it's like it probably
1: took a while to get there. But I feel like that's why, with narcissists, they try to do the whole love bombing thing and probably tie you down very quickly, yes, because then it's like you're much less likely to leave.
2: Like, oh my god, this is the perfect person, yeah,
1: like literally how she talks about you brought me to an obstructed view when you knew the picture was bigger. Like, I just like picture like. Somebody comes along and they're like come look at this view and it's like beautiful and there's like this giant fucking boulder like blocking like 75% of the view and then like behind it is just like a city like burning down like chaos like smoke and like you from your perspective you're like wow this is amazing thank you so much for bringing me here like I can't wait to see our future and he's just like or she. Or like mm-hmm, beach you got no fucking idea what i got in store for you like yeah. it's chaos from here mm-hmm. and um there's actually a guy on tiktok that uh we could bring up later uh his i think his like handled mental healness um but he kind of just talks about that and it's him he's a like self-aware narcissist and he i guess is doing everyone the favor of just like putting his shit on blast he's married or whatever but yeah he just kind of like explains like the ways that like when he does these like little skits it just it's obvious how premeditated he is about it like he knows what he's doing
2: and he knows how the other person is going to react and so that's what i think is i was talking to ashley about earlier is just it's interesting because it's almost um what i would do with a um client if we were doing role play and it's like you're going to say this, so how do you expect them to react? And he kind of does it with himself of, like, I'm saying this, and this is how I expect them to react. So it is premeditated in that he's almost showing you that he's saying this, and this is how I expect my partner to react. And he's, then like react ahead, so he's, like, three steps ahead, always. It's, it's super manipulative. And they it's they know exactly how you're going to react. And I don't know if he is um, – that much insightful that he's realizing that hey I'm showing you that this is how I'd respond to you being this way and this is how I expect you to respond and I expect to respond this way, and it's just like, it's it's pretty interesting to me for him to be a self aware person to to reveal himself. It's super in that way. interesting,
1: yeah. Like he talks about like he goes to therapy and everything, but um, we'll get into all that. Yeah. And I guess. If nobody knows what a narcissist is, like, do you know what's, like, a quick just, like, description A quick, of like, that?
2: stereotypical would be, um, well, so narcissistic personality disorder is um, on a spectrum. So it's on a spectrum of personality disorders. So I would say it's kind of in the middle. So there's also um, borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and then antisocial personality disorder. So it's all on a spectrum. Antisocial, um, if you haven't heard of it, that's more of the killer type. <laughs> so people, Is that
1: like the quote-unquote sociopath so,
2: type thing? Yes. So sociopath isn't in the DSM, um, but that is more of a forensic diagnosis. So if you are antisocial, then you would probably be, if you were a killer and you were in prison, jail, then you would be more likely also diagnosed with sociopathic, um, you know, Okay, it's not personality disorder, but you'd be a sociopath. So it's almost like a branch off of that. Um,
1: Is that like the most extreme yes. like form?
2: Yes. So um, antisocial, you are no empathy. Um, you were diagnosed with conduct disorder as a child. As a child, you probably killed animals. That's a first sign of probably having conduct disorder. Oh, then as know. an adult, so pretty much Dexter, he killed kids as a child. Or kids, he killed animals as a child and later as an adult he killed people it's extreme narcissistic is like in the middle okay yeah
0: ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness he works with a virtual reality training platform developed by fundamental vr and orbis international to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need
1: So, yeah, so it's in the middle, and, like, we kind of covered a bunch of this in, like, the last episode mm-hmm. that you were on when we talked about yeah. that. Um No
2: empathy, really centered It was called Can't
1: Get Enough, so if you guys want to, like, go get a preview of more information, yeah. like, general information on that, listen to that, because, like, for this episode, I want to focus on, like... The effects of narcissistic abuse yeah and yeah. like just kind of what that can look like
2: yeah and again narcissism is very overused I feel like in today's society um, there's a lot of traits that you can have that sound narcissistic, but to be full blown narcissistic is less
1: common. So you could like have traits of traits. a narcissist or like have narcissistic traits, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a narcissist. Yeah, or is what personality you're
2: saying. disorder traits, but you're not okay. necessarily narcissistic. Just like borderline personality disorder is also on the spectrum, it's it's similar, it sounds similar to narcissism because it's on the spectrum. It's not as extreme.
1: Okay. Okay, well then let's get into some more lyrics. Um, Verse two, wanna fuck you right now. I just turned the lights out now and you know when the sun go down, that's when it would all go down. Been a minute, been a while. Ain't let nobody hit it since you hit it. I know you always know what to do with it, but ain't no me and you without you in it. Damn, I'm about to burn this bitch down. I think I need to lie down because I'm not trying to wild out now. And then kind of, I guess I couldn't get into verse three because it kind of all ties into what I want to talk about. Okay. She says, don't know what I'm capable of. Might fuck around and go crazy on cuz, Might fuck around, have to pay me in blood. This ain't the way that you want it. Might catch a case in this bitch. Don't let me catch you face to face in this bitch. Try my hardest not to disrespect you after what you did, ma'am, what you expected. So this reminds me of something that I've been, like, seeing a lot of also on TikTok. And, like, the thing with TikTok is, like, there could be a lot of misinformation, but it's also, like, doing a really good job of spreading a lot of information Mm -hmm. where, like, if you care enough and, like, do your whole due diligence, like, you know, double check everything, like, you can learn a lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, what this reminds me of is, like, reactive abuse. I don't know if you, like, are familiar with that. I don't know if it's specifically dealing with narcissists, um but it's kind of the whole idea where they will i think it is like a narcissist thing like where if you're like say i'm like i'm a narcissist and i'm kind of pushing you to the like point where you end up exploding on me Mm -hmm. and then you end up looking crazy and then i'm like damn like calm down like why are you acting so crazy like you need help like (laughs) the gaslighting extreme gaslighting Gaslighting. to the point where like a lot of like what people like the first video i saw was somebody recorded the girl and then she posted it because she was like my boyfriend recorded me and then tried to make me feel like i'm crazy but like what you're not seeing is what led up to this point Mm -hmm. like why i'm reacting this way Mm -hmm. so then you end up thinking like am i the fucking crazy one like am i psycho am i a narcissist yeah and it's scary. So that's what I think I want to bring awareness to. Because sometimes you end up thinking, like, am I the narcissist? But you got to think, like, what gets people to this? You to
2: that point. And, uh, you know, that's what seems to be pretty common in um, people that have a partner who's narcissistic or has narcissistic personality disorder is that they manipulate them so much that they end up making the partner feel like there's something wrong with them or they're not good enough, or that Jeez. they're the one that is crazy. And it's because they were so charming at the beginning, and they, you know, um, hyped their partner up so much, where um, all of a sudden they slowly start adding in all these things that, you know, take away from that initial charm and then they're, they're like, wait, what happened? Like, and you, you kind of like believe this. it
1: because like they were such yeah. a good person at the exactly. beginning that you're so like, I, I like, think like, I could take wait. their word for it's it. It's just
2: like, okay, like you're, you need to calm down. Like you're feeling this way. When have I done this? And then it's just like, well, oh yeah, that's right. He really was at this, the beginning. Maybe it's me that's doing mm. something wrong now. And so that's scary. why he's not, that's why he's not treating me that way anymore is because, you know, I'm doing something. And then um, I also was reading something where, you know, they try to kind of almost get close to the people that you're close with so that they can confide in those people so that they get to them first. Ooh. No, Ashley's been acting up kind of recently mm. and it's just like she's been kind of moody with me and kind of blowing up with me for these small little things that like I just did this and it really wasn't that much of a deal and now she's like saying that I'm doing this and that and then so now when Ashley vents to those people mm. it's like
1: they already planted the seeds but they already yeah, are where they're like, mm, like I, I don't know, know bitch, what I he told me
2: she was doing this. <gasps> I mean,
1: oh, that's so scary and like that's what like people don't talk enough about like narcissistic abuse cuz like narciss- oh my god you know it's so fucked up like they are plotting on your fucking life extremely
2: manipulative in any way to get them to have the full benefit of um everyone around them so whether it's manipulating you to make you feel like you're the lesser manipulating those around you to where it keeps you feeling that way and to make them feel you know the best that they can and to keep you around. Yeah, because they know if you
1: figure it out, like you'll dip.
2: And then to use the people around them to, you know, maximize, you know, what they can get out of you. But once they can't get anything out of you, you're worthless. You're gone.
1: That's so scary. And actually, I guess um, that's kind of perfectly tying into that TikTok that I wanted to play. Okay. By that guy, if you want to play it.
3: Hey, can we talk about those uh, text messages I found on your phone from the other girl? How did you find them? What do you mean, how, how did I find them? I, I went through your phone and I found the text message from another woman. So you invaded my privacy and now you're accusing me of cheating on you. Invaded your, invaded your privacy? Like I found text messages from another woman on your phone. Again, if you wouldn't have invaded my privacy, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we? No, 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 no. If you wouldn't have been texting her, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I've been texting her for a while because she's just a friend. Is you snooping that's the problem? Because you don't trust me. Don't trust. I, I had I, my intuition kicked in and I went through your phone because you don't trust me. I have not given you any reason not to trust me. This is like this ain't about me. Is this it? about you? It's about your dad, ain't it? Don't don't bring my father. To this. <laughs> what does he have to do with anything? He didn't give you the love and trust that you deserved and needed. So you blaming me. What? No, not What? Your daddy issues are going to kill our relationship.
1: That just makes me want to scream just listening to that.
2: Like, it's Horrible. so
1: manipulative. Like, holy shit. And
2: it's like so that they it's they know all of your insecurities and they know where they can get at you when they need to so that when something comes up about them, they can bring something up to quickly, like, like to deflect. To quickly gaslight you and be like, oh, it's because of this, like, your pers- your perspective is wrong on this because of what you've been through, and now you're going to put it on me now?
1: Literally, it's just, like, making you question yourself over and over, and it's so, like, easy to see how that can, like, make someone start to question their sanity yeah. and, like, go into the whole, like, reactive abuse way, like, start cussing and yelling because you're, like, feel like you're going crazy. yeah. Oh my God, that's so scary.
2: Yeah, and I know that you talked about where you were reading articles where it's um has like a long term negative impact on your mental health, Mm -hmm. and it just kind of brain. Yeah, and so on your brain, and so that reminds me of almost PTSD, where it affects your amygdala, and uh, that's your basically like alarm system in your brain, where like um, that's where your adrenaline goes. That's where um you're alerted that something's wrong. So when you're constantly being gaslighted and feeling like that you're not good enough, something's wrong, or that you need to be, a lot of people say that having a narcissistic partner is like walking on eggshells. Um, And so when you're walking on eggshells, that means you're hypervigilant. You're constantly, you're just like like always
1: like on like high anxiety mode. Yeah.
2: And that's what someone with PTSD has is just, they're not able to really be present because they're constantly worried about what's going to happen around them if they make the wrong mistake or if something goes wrong around them. And so having a manipulative narcissistic partner, that's what it's like, because if you do something wrong, then they flip. And Ooh. if they're not, if you're not, so you're just trying to avoid
1: that, like at yeah. all costs, 24 if you're not seven,
2: satisfy their needs, then they're going to flip on you. And all of a sudden, instead of you being this all amazing person, you're an all bad person. It's very black and white for them. There's no gray in between. Yeah. And so that's, that's why so it's so hard to, to stay in the relationship and to have confidence and feel comfortable in that relationship because you're walking on eggshells
1: oh that's so sad yeah he has more videos too which like if you guys are interested in like hearing information from like a self-aware narcissistic personality disorder person uh go check him out his handles at mental Healness on tiktok he's super interesting and like it, I mean, it's like the whole dynamic is weird, but um, whatever. But he has a video where he's like talking about a regular, a normal relationship versus like a relationship with a narcissist and how one is based on like, you know, growth and like, okay, we're here and it's good. And then we're going to move here, like next step moving up and it's getting better, getting to know each other, like next level and then blah, blah, blah. Whereas like in a relationship with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder, it's all based on potential. So that's why they like love bomb you in the beginning and then you're left chasing that same feeling for the rest of the relationship and always like excusing their behaviors for like, oh, well, no, he used to be good or like blah, blah, blah. Or like in the same way we're talking about like walking on eggshells where it's like, well, I know they can be good. And it reminds me of like um, people that were raised by like narcissists, how they their memory was fucked up they don't remember the childhood because like when you're on high alert like that all the time it's like ptsd you like you don't remember shit yeah and it's kind of like a, ability
2: to be present and so how are you going to remember it's like anything? a defense
1: mechanism in a way it where it's like you can't like deal like your brain can't deal with like being on high alert like that all the time so it's like starts like mashing up other parts of your memory yeah Yeah, you're not functioning right
2: kids with trauma. That's why they can't concentrate in school and they do bad in school And no one no one really understands it as teachers because they don't know what's going on It's like this kid is a bad kid. They're not understanding Well, they're freaking going through trauma at home probably because they have like a bad parent So sad and it could be a narcissistic parent and so they're constantly and you know when they do good They do good. They're they're nice to them because guess what their child represents a good part of them my child is doing good. I'm doing good because Damn. I'm a good parent. But then once that kid. Yeah, it's goes, not actually
1: because you're happy for them. It's because it's reflecting good on you.
2: exactly. But once they do bad or they're not like you're not able to brag about your child, then it's just like, hmm. Like you're, and then it's very critical of that child. So then that child is more likely to become like a narcissist or have borderline personality disorder as well because they had this extremely critical parent where it's like, you either have to be all good or else don't even come near me. Like you're not representing me well. So yeah. now, like, you're a bad kid. And so then they take on those traits and then it's all they know. It's a a generational cycle of just, you know, carrying that on. And then you pass that on to your partner where now you're treating your partner the way that your parent treated you.
1: Yeah, that's so sad. So like even if it's like not someone with full blown NPD, like just knowing the traits is good. Just like protect yourself because like you could still be on that shit end of the stick and like that'll still fuck with you. Um, So pretty much closing out the song, she talks about um, verse four, trying to let the time fly, trying to let the time go by, trying to let the time heal all, trying to let the time kill all our memories, all you meant to me, all that history, all that history, I'll calm down eventually, fall back eventually, please call me back eventually, fall back into me. Oh... So she's just remembering like everything and why she can't let go all the memories just trying to let it time go by till it's like better again. And then she talks about maybe I'm overreacting, baby. I don't know what happened. You know, all of my bad habits, you know, it's hard for me to control that shit because when I get mad, I get big mad. I should have never did that. Get back. Got to feel the wrath of a menace back in my feelings or in my bag in my feelings. I'm a bad little bitch. So
2: she so at the end she's blaming herself. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know how I get, and I'm sorry. Yes. And it's like, well, what did you do to get that way? But that's what that's what someone with you know narcissistic personality would do is just where it becomes like, oh, I'm gonna reflect on myself. Well, you know what? I shouldn't have done this either. So. You're right. Yeah, and, like, that's, like, the whole thing where
1: people talk about, like, people that are, like, on a path of, like, healing and blah, blah, blah. Like, as a healer, you attract, like, shitty partners. And, like, I, I get that to, like, a degree. But then also people talk about, like, well, maybe you're just attracting these people because you have no boundaries.
2: Yes, and boundaries are an extremely important thing Um, to have, and I I know I've talked about this before in previous episodes, people with NPD, uh, they don't, they push your boundaries, um, and any kind of, basically any kind of personality disorder, they they have really difficult time with um, keeping boundaries, and understanding that other people have boundaries, and so when someone with NPD is trying to get their way, they don't care about your boundaries, and they're going to keep pushing it. And so you as a partner or whatever, you have to be firm on those boundaries because once you give in, they know that they can keep pushing your boundaries for any other reason. And so you say no, but you ended up giving in. Okay, well, now I know that like, even though they weren't happy with this, I'm just going to keep pushing and I'll eventually get my way.
1: Damn. That's crazy. Boundaries
2: are the most so important like thing a- for any relationship, work, friendship, Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent. Anything. And I you agree. have to be
2: so firm and know your boundaries. That's, yeah, it's that's like the bottom line like, of what I could tell you. No one's
1: gonna take you serious until mm-hmm. like you have that boundary and you actually like uphold it. So I guess like specifically like dealing with people with narcissism is that's gonna be like your biggest like defense mechanism.
2: And for you to recognize, you know, as a sign of maybe they have something going on because if they're not respecting your boundaries, why Mm. what's going on behind that should i even be around this person if they're not able to recognize that this is my boundary it's nothing against them but this is my boundary and i don't i'm not comfortable with this That reminds me uh,
1: alexa posted on her story today it was a tiktok and it was talking about uh, this girl and she's like um people that set a boundary with you are just trying to continue, like, a healthy relationship with you. They're not trying to hurt you. Yes. And that's the part where I think that'll help you with, like, somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. Or just in general, like, if you have, like, um, anxious attachment style, I know I talked about last week also. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you take boundaries as, like, an attack. Or, like, it makes you freak out. And you're like, oh, no, they don't fucking like me. Like, they're going to leave me or whatever. Or, like, with a narcissist, they're, like, gonna freak the fuck out but like if they can't respect that then like that should be a big bright red flag
2: exactly because if they're gonna um you know uh switch i guess or like flip like where Mm -hmm. it's like you're all good now you're all bad that's a sign to you that maybe you shouldn't be around that person if they can't respect your boundaries because that's a sign that they're going to keep pushing Why do you wanna be around somebody that is constantly stressing you out because like you're not feeling comfortable setting a boundary? Well, they're gonna get mad if I say that I'm not happy with this, or they're gonna get mad if I say like that wasn't cool, or whatever. Why do you wanna be around someone like that? Yeah, I think that's like something that
1: I've read. Yeah, Yeah, where it's, like, if every time, like, you bring up how you feel, like, you're scared. Like, that's, you're walking on eggshells. Like, if you're scared to even bring up something, bring up a boundary, bring up an issue that upset you, or talk about your feelings. If you're scared to bring that up because it just turns into, like, a whole thing every time, that's not healthy.
2: And um, also with um, this guy. Mm. mental healness. I, I don't know his name yeah um but I watched one of his TikToks where he was talking again it was that point of view where he's showing both sides of like well you know this person just needs you know me to help him out and I need to like just like help him heal and then we'll be good in our relationship after like I give my all to him and he also showed his side where it was well if you know you're putting your all into me, then you lose yourself. And that was like, oh, that totally makes sense. And that's a perfect way to word it. Because once you put yourself in that person to try to make them, you know, heal and be a better person, then where are you? (gasps) And where did you go? And, you know, and then once they reject you, then you lost yourself. You don't even know who you are anymore. So Mm. how is that worth it for you?
1: That's so sad. So
2: once... I keep crossing those boundaries where are you anymore because your boundary you don't have any so then who Just are running you? over
1: your fucking mushed up body exactly dang
0: <laughs> something <laughs> to think about <laughs> okay
1: so that brings me to um my friend ivan actually sent me an article that i really wanted to talk about i sent it to you earlier really sent fun. it to me about a week ago so it is titled Woman to run 285 miles in a wedding dress to raise awareness for narcissistic domestic abuse, abuse by Joel Goldstein. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So the like main person that the article is talking about, her name is Vanessa Riser. Reiser? you guys can go Google the article. I'll link it to you once I post. Um. So it says she's a survivor of narcissistic domestic abuse, which is a form of domestic abuse by a narcissist, right? So she is setting out to raise awareness for narcissistic domestic abuse by running a nearly 300 mile journey across New York, and she'll be doing it all in a wedding dress. So she's starting May um, 17th, which is, I think this episode drops on the 18th or 19th. So she she's running right now, you guys.
2: <laughs> she's As
1: running to, through New York in
2: a wedding dress.
1: <laughs> crazy, um, not crazy. Like good for you, <laughs> yeah. but wild, you know. And then she's set to finish on May 29th in Manhattan. So it's um, in Oswego, New York, to Manhattan. That's 285 miles. That's insane. Oh. She's about to run 23 miles each day, close to 23 miles each day, all to raise awareness. And I salute her. This is amazing because mm-hmm. I don't think it's talked about enough. Like I think people kind of know about like the disorder, but like the effects that it has on the people Partner. that they freaking go like ram through. Mm-hmm oh my god like they are not talked about enough and i want to protect everybody and i just want everyone to know so you don't have to ever put up with this like at least if you're aware you can know or if you know somebody going through it, you can talk to them. Cause like, yeah. it's really fucked up. Like it's not no game. Like it has real effects on your fucking brain, bro. Yeah.
2: And it's, it doesn't have to be physical abuse. This is a mental abuse. Ugh. And that's why I don't think it is talked about enough because you start to question it. Well, they're not physically abusing me. Like, so maybe, you know, and you just start making up all these, it's a lot easier head.
1: to like rationalize mental abuse versus physical abuse.
2: Especially again, when they were so charming and uh. so you know amazing at the beginning that it's just like wait is this happening to me so this woman i believe what i read is that she was also part of some kind of domestic abuse um Um, organization yeah something like that and so he tried to get her even out of that Mm -hmm. and so you know there it doesn't matter where you're from it you know there's also I've um, watched a TED talk on a woman who was a lawyer a very successful woman this lady's
1: a therapist
2: exactly a therapist and so it's just it could happen to anyone but when you're in the moment you don't see it as other people can see it or you don't look at all the signs because you're in it and you have love for that person and you, you see the good in them where you're not really observing it from an outside perspective. So that's where you have to be like very critical and like kind of break it down of like what exactly is going on and why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling uneasy in my relationship? Why am I, you know, fearful? Why, you know, all those things, because it's not obvious and it takes time. And there, it is a manipulative thing that where they're slowly prepping you, grooming you to control you it's yeah, once you're quick. in it you don't
1: have the perspective of exactly. like oh i'm out here i could see it. it reminds me of like those pictures where it's like or like those memes where it's like the longer you look at it like the weirder it gets type thing or like at first you're like oh <laughs> oh and then you see like some weird shit in the corner and then you're like oh fuck and it's just like insane all around and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder yeah. it's like that like if yeah. you really sit there and like take your time yeah. and realize yeah but like if you're in it like You don't really got perspective. You don't. It's, yeah, it's going to take a lot. You're going to need therapy. Mm -hmm. You're going to need people to tell you, like, and it's hard even, I think, with people telling you, like, I'm sure, especially with, like, the whole idea that they, like, try to, like, sabotage your relationships or, like, infiltrate your relationships where, like, they're planting the seeds with all your friends and everybody that you know. Yeah. Talking about, like, you're the crazy one. So, it's, like, even if you go and try to talk to your friends, they're, like judging you or like questioning because they're like well i don't know i think you might need help
2: yeah and like i was even reading how they can um compliment you a lot in front of your friends and family so that when you complain about them they're like okay come on like i've seen the way that he talks about you and i've seen the way that he does this like are you sure tour and then again it's almost like he's prepped the people around you to also gaslight you so premeditated
1: and fucked up it's It's crazy so evil like literally like evil yeah um so what they quote her saying narcissistic abuse is an insidious form of domestic violence she explains on tuesday's episode narcissists generally will use the wedding or an engagement as a form of control and manipulation they entangle you And so, the dress is a representation of how they do that. So, that's why she's wearing a wedding dress as she does this whole little, like, marathon. Um, Yeah. So, then it says, long before she was advocating against domestic abuse, she was engaged to a diagnosed narcissistic sociopath who had a history of abusing his partners. Then she says, this part, I was like, holy shit. He left me in Cape Cod, and then I had to rent a car to get home, she explained, um cape cod i've been to cape cod it's definitely not in new york so (laughs) he left her there then he padlocked me out of the house a few months later i left him and he spit on me called me a bunch of really awful names told me that my dead father was a loser my father died when i was 18 and then he bleached all my clothing holy fucking shit bro that reminds me. I think we were talking about that earlier about with like the whole like bringing up the dad with <laughs> that TikTok of that guy when he was like, "Oh, this is probably because your dad," or blah blah blah, yeah. just like. Why are you talking about my dad and my yeah. my personal things I told you about that are vulnerable things? Like yeah. you know, and like this thing with my dad you. makes me sad, and you're trying to like manipulate me with that. Yeah, it's so literally. Yeah. She you're said insidious
2: way, and you're at you you're like making it as if I'm your dad, but I'm not <sighs> your dad. So why are you treating me like you know your dad treated you?
1: So and he's like hitting a place so close to home that exactly. it does make you kind of question it because yeah. you're like, I mean, you're right. You're saying something very personal, like. Yeah. I'm a self-aware person, so, like, yeah, I'm gonna think about it. But really, it's just, like, really fucked up. Like, yeah. the word that she used, insidious, is, like, the most perfect Oof, word for it. Yes. Oh, my God. So then she says her ex-fiance, she claimed her ex-fiance even attempted to get her kicked off the board of the domestic violence center by claiming she was abusing him. So then he tried to flip the script and like sabotage her whole life once she left him. And at some point in the article, it, yeah, it says like yeah, she's a therapist, but you know, like it's not easy for anyone to know even if you are a therapist and, and again, once she realized she left immediately. That's what she said.
2: Yeah. And again, though, it's going after people that are nurturing and trying to and help so others. Pretty. Obviously, a therapist is a nurturing person mm-hmm. that's trying to help others, so it's like, "Oh, I'm going to go after this person that's vulnerable that's willing to, like, you know, like, be manipulated in that way. Someone that's understanding. Yeah, understanding towards, like, oh, this person's so sweet, this person, whatever. And, you know, anyone can be manipulated, even someone that is aware of what a narcissist is. Because they don't appear as a narcissist at first. They just appear as a really good person. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like,
1: our natural instinct to walk around and just be, like, hmm, narcissist, narcissist. Yeah. No, you try to assume the best of people, and even if they have, like, some off traits, you're not going to be, like, oh, they're a narcissist, like, immediately. Yeah. So, no, especially, like, her being a therapist, she's going to be, like, more, like, understanding and try to, like reason it like oh yeah. it's probably maybe he went through this so he's this way yeah you know and
2: especially like uh i've read is that narcissists don't really show them full their full selves until they have you locked in like with marriage and so this that's guy scary like it's gonna playing, get worse yeah this guy could be playing his part until he really has you locked in <sighs> so why would anyone regardless of your knowledge be aware of that if they're not really showing their full selves until they feel like Oh, I have her locked in now. Yeah, like, clearly
1: they are very, like, premeditative individuals that know exactly yeah. what they're doing.
2: Especially nar- if someone diagnosed narcissistic sociopath. That's very. Oh,
1: my God. Very,
2: you know, dangerous combination.
1: Praying for her. Yeah. Freaking healing. Yeah. That's insane. Um, she talks about how she knew something wasn't right but she couldn't put like her finger on it exactly and it wasn't until she had withdrawn from many of her favorite activities due to her partner's demands that she had a wake-up call and realized he was a narcissistic domestic abuser and then she says the day i figured out the day i figured it out i left (sighs) so then it's like a a little quick Definition here says characterized narcissistic abuse is characterized by the emotional, physical, sexual, or financial forms of abuse that a narcissist inflicts on others. Not all abuse is physical and many survivors often feel angry, confused, alone, and as if you're the crazy one. Mm -hmm. Pretty insane. Just like the fact that she's like a therapist just like blew my mind. I'm like, damn, even like a therapist, like it would go over their head. Like nobody's safe out here.
2: Literally. And that's what I even learned in school is that. It does not matter your education. It does not matter your background. Anyone yeah. can be pulled by a domestic abuser, whether they have narcissistic, whatever. But a domestic abuser is extremely manipulative and they have those, you know, everything planned way ahead. And yeah. they're really like s- prepping it to make it work out in their favor. And so that's why you have to be so careful. And Don't question yourself. Speak up to your friends and family when you feel like something is off and you feel like, why do I keep feeling like I'm the wrong one, but I'm scared to say something. Speak up to somebody and be willing to listen to what they have to say because if you're not and you get really defensive, then people are like, oh, okay, I'm not going to say anything to her. And then you're going to be the one that's stuck in that scary relationship and then you're going to be the one that's fearful of what's going to happen in your relationship. Speak up.
1: Yeah, definitely speak up. Um, Just spread awareness. Like, I love that Ivan sent me this article so that I could talk about it. So I could, like, spread awareness. Yeah. Um, how do you, what do you think, like, would happen? Like, do you think it's beneficial or not beneficial if somebody thinks that they may be dealing with a narcissist and they came to their partner, like, to the person that they think is a narcissist about it to try to talk about it? Do you think that would be helpful or do you think they would?
2: It depends. (sighs) And uh, I mean, I know that that's a common. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. But it depends. So say like for this person, narcissistic sociopath. Okay. In most domestic violence, um, abuse kind of situations, um, you have to be very careful because it keeps escalating and eventually you can risk your life. They will try to kill you. And it happens many times where they threaten to try to kill you. I have a gun in my room. So oh, hell they, no. they, it gets fuck? extreme. If you don't get away from that, they will threaten you to eventually kill you. Is it, it like an ego thing? And it's like, yeah, trying to leave them and they're like, Mm-mm. yeah, but it's it's also real. And so people that don't get away a lot. of I can't remember the the statistic or percentage, but it is a pretty high percentage of those that don't. Um, leave their domestic abusers that they can die. They can die.
1: Like your life is in danger. So
2: you have to know when to leave and have to know when to be strong enough to speak up and do something about it. And so I'm not saying narcissistic specifically, but approaching it, if they are very abusive in that way, it may not always work. But that's why, again, have a good other social support mm-hmm. and really turn to them to get their perspective on what's going on. If you really feel like you are being gaslighted and that like something's off. And so maybe approach them, but if it's really, if it's not working out when you approach them and you see this, it again, you're on eggshells when you approach, why are you in the relationship? Like, that's probably already an issue. Exactly. Like you should
1: be able to go up to your partner and just be like, exactly. maybe you're a narcissist. Like if they're not a narcissist, they're just gonna laugh it all off yeah. or like talk about it with you
2: and be able to actually communicate. Yeah, but, or
1: be like, why do you think that? But
2: and then again, it. So another important thing is to reflect. Why are you with this person then? If you're feeling this way, what other patterns in your past? Uh, is there a family member, a mom or a dad, that was also like them? And so this is what's comfortable for you. But why are you putting yourself in this situation again when you know that that hurt you as a child? And how can you grow from this and how if your partner is not willing to grow and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I've been making you feel this way. I'm so sorry that I didn't realize that I was repeating the same patterns as mm-hmm. your family member. If they have no empathy for you and they're not realizing that that's a problem, okay, then they have no empathy. empathy they're a narcissist or whatever, and they're not going to change. Yeah. So why are you staying in that relationship? That's like the number
1: one sign right there, lack of empathy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what do you have, can you think of any examples of, of like a narcissistic parent? Like how you would like maybe reflect back and think like, damn, like maybe I did grow up with like a narcissist so, parent.
2: Yeah. So, um, if a parent, uh, maybe they really wanted you to be the star football player or the star scholar to really be successful in those kinds of things. And so it's just like, they are only using you to brag. So my child is the quarterback and they so have like a dance really, mom. Yes. Or like a dance mom. Exactly. <laughs> the show um, is insane. Or bro. My child, you know, <laughs> won this for, you know, this and they're going to UCLA. They're going to Harvard and they're bragging about you. But then maybe like you realize, you know what, mom, I don't know if I want to do that. It's just like, are you sure? Like, you know, blah blah and they start like really getting Ooh. angry with you because, well, if you didn't do that, then what would you do? And how would that reflect on me as a parent?
1: Dang.
2: And so I then, feel like
1: are my parents narcissists? I'm just <laughs> kidding. I just feel like too many people could relate to this. Okay, right?
2: One though, you have to realize that your parents are immigrants right yes At least that's one of true <laughs> so that's another thing that you have to think about and that i have to think about as a therapist is there are diagnoses that mostly come from older white men and so when you have to think about the diagnoses you also have to think about where they came from in cultural perspective so as an immigrant important you want your child to be successful because you put a lot of effort in bringing them the success so true so it's gonna vary that. Consider yeah consider you know, yeah, so that varies based on your cultural varies. background
1: or whatnot, because I feel like definitely like for me, I'm like, can't isn't everyone's parents like this? But yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I just think just like, yeah, the but idea of so like if your parents are like more concerned with like how it's going to reflect, reflect on, on them, them versus your happiness.
2: Yeah. And an- just also being very critical, like um another example would be that they want you to look Perfect because, you know, well, what if I had a like a fat kid or something where they're super judgmental, which I feel is also a very cultural thing. Are you sure that you're gonna eat that? Like, you know, I've just been noticing that and just being very like, you know, super critical about what you're doing, but not really concerned about your happiness, but just like, how is that gonna reflect on me? Mm. And then so then they start taking that, really internalizing that, and then they start internalizing that in their partner later. And I honestly, even though, like, I don't think neither of my parents are narcissistic. Yeah, me either, mom. I know Um, you listen. I'm just kidding. I love you. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I have my parents are like that, too, where they're a little critical, where it makes me internalize. And then I have realized that sometimes in my relationships, I also do that where I'm really critical and then I'm just like, oh no, like Ugh. I need to cut that out. And even though like I want to say something.
1: I can relate to that 100% too. That has nothing too. to do
2: with if whatever makes them happy. And that's just something to do with my insecurities and my um, perfectionistic kind of thing. And I don't need to be putting that on my partner and making them feel insecure. I was happy with them from when they weren't doing this. I can't be judging them and putting this on them. Mm, I feel that. So check yourself. We yeah. all do it. It's common, but you don't need to make your partner feel worse when you were accepting of them before. And I think a lot
1: of it, like talking about how like parents too, like seeing, like getting used to that from like your parents did that to you. So maybe you kind of internalize that as like, that's a way to show love. Yeah. So you're like, well, my parents love me right they're my parents and they were very highly critical of me so then for me that's how that's for me yeah so then like for you you just think like that's how you show love and then you start projecting that onto your partners but it's like you think that it's all love but really it's a little overbearing and toxic
2: yeah and how did it feel when your parents did that to you yeah you feel like, oh they love me I guess but I'll you stop excuse it. it you I excuse it I'll... as
1: love because you're like they're my parents are yeah. supposed to love me Even right though you
2: feel shitty about them criticizing you for it so Dang. then your partner gets pissed at you and you're like what i just meant it because i wanted the best for you right it's like yeah i get that but also i didn't feel good when my parents wanted the best for me but Ugh. criticized me <gasps>
1: that's so scary yeah um all right so then i had found some article about 12 signs you've experienced narcissistic abuse um so it says they seemed perfect at first so it's like the whole love bombing shit mm-hmm. um people doubt the abuse took place so that's probably like the whole thing they infiltrated your circle to yeah. you know they they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. they're covering their bases uh they started a smear campaign so this is a little more insidious. So this is where um, I think it says here they might lash out by openly directing the rage toward you with insults and threats involving others in criticizing you. So like getting other people to hop in on the abuse or like talking about you behind your back to your friends, to your family, mm-hmm. things like that, where it's like everyone else is going to start. It's isolating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the next one. You feel isolated because maybe they try to like push your friends away and like i know the whole thing about like well i don't like that one friend because they none of your friends care about you or whatever it is yeah
2: it's- i don't think they're good for you it seems like they really just want to use you for this and then you start to, like oh you're right Why have i haven't been friends with that person like it does seem like they only use me for this
1: yeah they make you start questioning like your whole fucking life like what the hell mm-hmm. You freeze up, so... Um, Walking I'm, on eggshells. Yep. <laughs> you have trouble-making decisions, which I think this um, ties into, like, one of the brain things because it talks about um, having very little self-esteem and confidence. Mm-hmm. So what was, like, that one brain... The amygdala? Yeah, that's probably what it was. There was another article I found about yeah. where, like, it affects that, and that's where you can end up having trouble-making fu- decisions. Yeah, so
2: the amygdala is um, the basically the fight-or-flight part of your brain. So that term is the most common way to describe the amygdala. So you're either going to choose to like really like go in on the situation or you're going to want to flee from it. And that's mm-hmm. your like um, um, survival response. You're either going to fight and go full force or you're going to, I need to get out of this. Damn. And so it's um, so when, <laughs> you have trouble making decisions, you have to be quick on that, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you're so distracted because of your trauma, then it's really hard for you to make quick decisions because you have all this other stuff already going on Ew. in your brain. So you're already cognitively um, like consumed where you can't make decisions because you're so fearful. What yeah,
1: to do. that's. I saw something where it's like it relies on that part of your brain being like clear, yeah, like to be at, like at its full effect of being yeah. able to like you yeah, know but process you have shit. All these
2: distractions. So again, going back to like kids learning when they already have trauma as a kid. Oh, that's so They're not sad. able to because guess what? They already have all this other shit going on. Where how am I supposed to focus on this one thing that is irrelevant when I am so fearful of like real life trauma in my life?
1: it's so sad i want to hug all the little babies and like all the mean ass teachers out there like call me so i could fucking beat your ass (laughs) bitch like educate yourself how dare you like people are so mean to like little kids sometimes it's like you have no fucking idea what the fuck they're going through at home like i'll fucking kill you bitch right like so many (laughs) <laughs> that's a whole nother motherfucking I know, I know. thing. So there's actually like a little thing on this whole you have trouble making decisions like a more of like a subtle thing okay? Um, where they'll be like, mm, honey, you're so dumb. How would you manage without my help? <gasps> like more subtle, like yeah. nice ways, which reminds me, I don't think we have gotten into it and like we don't have to get super into it, but like basically the overt versus covert narcissist. Mm-hmm. So there's like the overt narcissist That's like the out there one, right? Yeah, so like
2: the grandiose beliefs. Like, again, I am so sorry for the Trump supporters, but he is a narcissist in my opinion. Um, We all know it. But he has those grandiose thoughts where even though he has these experts around him, he still feels like he needs to project his beliefs and that his beliefs are right, even though he's not the expert in that, you know, topic. Um, So he, I would say that he... He's, like, a good example of that. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's more of, like, they're openly putting you down. It's very overt. Not trying to hide it. Not trying to hide it at all. I am the expert. I'm confident. I'm this. I'm that. And it's very obvious. Yes. He just thinks he's the best person in the world. Or covert would be more, like, um subtle um, but yeah
1: literally how covert would be like honey you're so dumb how would you manage without my help where, yeah. versus like the overt narcissist would be yeah. like you're such a fucking dumb bitch
2: yeah and like how we kind of talked about earlier was just um covert would maybe be more of like the caretaker where it's like i'm gonna do all these favors for you and um it's like i'm gonna do all this for you because you probably can't do it for yourself Right? And so it's like, I'm taking care of you. I'm doing all this for you. And like, where would you be without me? But it's very That subtle. reminds me of and kind of like the direct. parent thing. Yeah. yeah. Where they're
1: like, I raised you. So you have to believe me when I say this is best for you. I know what's best for you. I take care of you. I put a roof over your head.
2: Yeah. So you so need to trust that me. that you in your confidence to be able to do anything on your own? Right. So then suddenly you rely on that person. Ooh. And you're going to... When you look for a partner, you're going to rely on someone very dominant because you have grown up to believe home. that you're not capable of doing things on your own. Oh, that's so fucking sad, bro. Mm. Uh,
1: next one. You always feel like you've done something wrong. So, yeah. It says abusive partners typically find ways to cast blame on you instead. Um for even, like, if they have negative actions or whatever. They might accomplish this through deceit, often by insisting they said something you have no recollection of. So, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Getting so angry, you end up soothing them by apologizing and agreeing you were wrong. More gaslighting. Yeah. Bro, this is too much. Like
2: We both had a part in this. I mean, I you I got so mad, but, I mean, you made me that way because you did this. So, I mean... We're both wrong here.
1: Oh hell no! (laughs) That is so toxic. (laughs) It is. Oh yeah. So I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of like more examples, like for people listening for that. Um, Definitely mental healness. Follow him. Like he posts shit all about that. Just because, like, I wish I could be just like very, like, Like, with the examples. Even
2: with the with the thing that you know with the TikTok that we showed. Oh yeah. um, Going into the phone where it was just like. Okay, well, why did he go into my phone? Perfect example. You know, it, what was the purpose of that? You invaded my privacy. You don't trust you, me. You don't trust me. I've been talking to her for how long, and now all of a sudden, because you go into my phone, you don't think that it's you know you don't trust me with our relationship. We're just friends.
1: Yeah, we're like in reality, he fucked up. He crossed a boundary. He but basically you're so cheated. Insecure.
2: That you went through my phone, twisted. So where's it. that coming from? <laughs> okay, I get it. Maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be texting you as much, but like, why are you so controlling? Where you think you need to go through my phone?
1: Oh my god, yes. So no, like I think my biggest thing is like I always see all the time when people are like, oh, like I heard this, 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 and then it's like the other person's like. Who told you that though but who told you that who's t- like when they're more interested in finding out who told you versus addressing the fucking problem yeah. red flag they're trying to fucking spin it like who fucking cares who told me i found th- i heard you were fucking macking on some bitch so yes or no did that happen and they're just worried about who told you because then they're probably going to try to discredit that person
2: mm-hmm. and again it's that um black or white so when that person no longer serves them. Okay, and Then they're going to start talking all this shit on that person. Do you know what how they are? They are just saying that because, the, you know, they did this and this, and I know about that, so now they're, you know, and then they'll just Yeah, or oh, like if
1: is- it was like your guy friend that told you, they'll be like, it's just because he wants you and he wishes that he could have exactly. you. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and did you know that he did this and this and this? And then they start putting that person down because... It's circular conversations. They can never never be lower than who's around them. So they have to always be above... And then once that person criticizes them or calls them out on something, then they're going to say, well, and then to make themselves again, get back to being higher up.
1: Yeah. It reminds me, there's another thing that I kept like coming across on TikTok about circular conversations, Mm -hmm. usually with narcissists, where it's like, "Mm, I found you were texting this girl, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I heard blah, blah, blah. And they're like, who told you? And you're like, you tell them like, really? You're going to believe what they have to say? Like, well, did you know that they did this? Completely unrelated nothing to do with it but now you're talking about that and then you're like wait why are we talking about this and then you start feeling like you're crazy because you're like there's no way you're like this fucking stupid like you are fucking playing with me like stop so it's like turns into this whole thing and that turns into the whole reactive abuse thing Mm. Ooh man watch out for that shit so then this talks about unexplained physical symptoms as another thing Appetite changes, upset stomach or nausea, stomach pain, and other gastrointestinal distress, muscle aches and pains, insomnia, fatigue.
2: So this is called, um, in my field, it would be somatic symptoms. And so somatic symptoms can come out of um, stress, anxiety, depression. Um, So when you're not able to express yourself um, mentally and kind of get rid of those symptoms again mentally like you know talking about your anxiety doing all those things when you're holding all of that in it'll start to come out somatically or physically okay so um some people that maybe hold in their anxiety they start to feel tightness in their chest Mm. they start to feel like it's hard for them to breathe they get the panic attacks so all those things are because they haven't been able to release that anxiety stress depression whatever that it starts to um affect um them physically and this actually happens a lot in men because men don't like Mm. to talk about their feelings that they have a really high um physical decline when they're older because they never went to therapy or because they never got to talk about their feelings um and so it'd be and that's why it's you have to understand that mental and physical is strongly connected, whether you believe it or not. A
1: hundred percent. And that's
2: why, like, this whole, like. So when one thing <sighs> declines, the other is going to decline.
1: It's all tied together. It's yeah. So tied with, together. like, anxiety. You can show, like, physical, yeah. like, detrimental Yeah.
2: So when you feel signs. like you're gaslighted and you feel all these things where you feel like you can't talk to people about it, guess what? It's going to show up physically. And that's why, like, narcissistic
1: emotional abuse or mental abuse is really fucked up because yeah. you could have serious health problems because yes. of these oh, what would you say somatic somatic symptoms somatic symptoms <laughs> so <laughs> scary and it says you feel restless and unsettled so kind of just all together with everything you don't recognize yourself that's scary
2: kind of again what we talked about earlier you giving your all where like who are you now because mm. you've put so much into this that's person so true. that where are you now
1: yeah it says right here. So, of course, you love them, so you stop going out with your friends. Next, you give up your hobbies, skip after-work drinks with coworkers, and eventually cancel your weekly visits with your sister. You spend time doing what your partner wants to do, so they know you really do care. So, like, they make you think that that's how you show that you care. But really, it's like, once you realize you dropped all these things, like...
2: They've isolated you.
1: Yeah, they've isolated you, and, like... You're not even yourself anymore. You're not doing all the things that you used to do for yourself. You have no outside friends, like no hobbies. Yeah, you're just focused on walking on eggshells and yeah, oh my God.
2: Only meeting their needs.
1: Yeah. And next one, you have trouble setting boundaries. Scary. Someone engaging in narcissistic abuse often has little respect for boundaries. When you try to set or enforce limits, they might challenge them, completely ignore them, or give you the silent treatment until you do what they want. Eventually, you might give up on your boundaries entirely. That's another thing that I kept seeing come up a lot, um, uh, the silent treatment mm-hmm. and how like, fucked up that is or whatever. So it's basically like you bring something up to your partner because they do something And instead of them wanting to address it, I don't know if it's them maybe being caught off guard to like they didn't have a plan yet or what it is. But they give you the silent treatment and they're just like, I'm not talking to you days, weeks, whatever, how long it is. But that's not healthy. Like you need to be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. But what I also want to specify is. This is different from needing space. So, like, don't think that you're, like, showing narcissistic traits because you need space and you don't want to talk to someone. If you're communicating, like, I need space and someone's trying to, like, force themselves on you, like, talking, blowing up your phone, whatever, that's them being an asshole. So, like, that's fine. You can have space. This is more, like, in terms of, like, when you bring up something to a narcissist and they, instead of addressing it, just go silent.
2: And I think um, regardless normal relationship, whatever. Um, When there is somebody that needs space to comfort the other person, you need to say, can you give me till tomorrow? And that other person that may have that anxiousness to talk, you need to give them a time when you are ready. And so that would be helpful to know that it's not just on purpose of just like, Like, I'm just going to give you the silent treatment to make you miserable. But it's just like, you know what? I'm not ready to talk about it. Can we take a break and, you know, I'll call you in two hours. Or, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Let's regroup and I'll talk to you about it in the morning. So it's comforting to that person that they know that eventually, yes, I'm willing to talk about it. Just not right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so that's boundaries and just, like, learning to communicate. And
2: that has to do with boundaries, too. Yeah.
1: So then the last one says um, you have symptoms of anxiety and depression, which... Pretty self-explanatory. And then I'll link stuff on how to find help in different um, websites or whatever. And I'll have stuff like uh, shoot me anything that she thinks would be important too. Um, We are running good on time here. So I do want to bring up a tweet that kind of um, ties into everything. It's by at Angel Numbers with a Z. Said, I'm a strong believer in not telling men how another man has done you dirty. Men have this weird ego thing where they're like, if another man didn't treat her right, why should I? They think you don't like them as much if you don't let things slide in the same way for them. Ooh, when I read that, I was like, damn, I never thought about that.
2: I saw that, and I also saw a girl respond um, where she said instead of saying how they did me wrong I tell my partner how good they were in bed and how like amazing <laughs> they treated me because it hurts a man's ego even more they want like to top it want to top it oh was like, my
1: god that's
2: kind of toxic but
1: that's so smart <laughs> though because like it's really like not, like I it's annoying like definitely like if like my man was talking about, like, mm, my ex, you treated me so well, like, blah, blah, blah. And be like, yo, like, what the like, fuck are you telling you me? <laughs> but like, I don't want to fucking hear this. Yeah. So it's no. a little manipulative, but For like, sure. in terms of like, if you're dealing with someone that you know is like this, definitely do that versus. Like spilling how you've been hurt before. Because this totally makes sense. It's giving like, them a
2: blueprint of how to make. What you're
1: willing to do what with. you're willing
2: to do with. And that like how to really get to you. So it's just like, oh, like you stayed around. You're even telling them your buttons. All that. And it's just like, okay. So if they're really trying to like reel you in, then they know how to do it. Oh my God. It's so toxic. Yeah. And I kind of agree with that. Like, I don't know. 100%. I feel like I've definitely been probably vulnerable in my past relationships where I have said, like, you know, this hurt me and he did this. Well,
1: especially as women, we like look at it as a way of like bonding in a way and kind of just like being like this happened. Please don't do it to me. I've been hurt before thinking that like you're dealing with like the best person. You don't know. You don't fucking know. And if you happen to be dealing with somebody with narcissistic traits, they're going to use that against you. Like some people might you know take that yeah. into consideration and be like i would never want to do you like that yeah. but that's assuming too much but like, again, you cannot assume that everyone has your best like again, intentions in and mind again,
2: it's, it has to do with boundaries so you went through all that and you never set a boundary yes so it's just like and versus you know if you said oh yeah he tried to do this and then i cut him off right when he tried to do that so i don't put up with that shit that so you know or maybe
1: like This would probably come off as crazy, but just, like, being like, this happened, this happened. So, you know, from now on, and just be very upfront and clear, like, so now, like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, I'm just letting you know, like, if you want to fuck with me, I'm not dealing with this. And, like, they might still try to test you, but, like, that's why you can't go back on your boundaries.
2: Exactly. Once you set your boundaries, you have to follow through. Regardless of who it is, you Mm. have to follow through. Once you say that that's your boundary, if they see that you said that this was your boundary, but then, oh, you say it, but look at you did this and you let me do this to you. Okay, you don't have any boundaries. I can cross it anytime I want. And Mm. so once you said it, keep it because they'll know that you are able to be manipulated and pushed to where they can cross it. And you never want that to happen. Yeah, so
1: I think the biggest takeaway from all this is,
2: Boundaries always are your number one
1: help helper. Mm-hmm. You never know who you're dealing with. Um, if it's somebody that is evil, they're not gonna like boundaries. They're gonna react a very hostile like. And yeah. if it's a good person, they're gonna respect it. And that's what you have to remember. Just like that IG story I said, or that TikTok that Alexa posted. If somebody sets a boundary with you, they're trying to keep the relationship going. Like, no one's going to set a boundary with you if it's, like, they want nothing to do with you. They'll just fucking stop talking to you. If they're Mm -hmm. setting a boundary, it's because they're, like, hey, I want this to keep going. But, like, this is what I need from you. This is what I need you to know is my boundary. Yeah. So respect people's boundaries, basically. And reflect
2: on your your childhood. Because if your parents never put boundaries with you, and that's why you are the way you are, and you feel uncomfortable with boundaries... Then it's healthy that people are setting boundaries with you now, and you need to set boundaries for yourself.
1: 100%. Wow. What a great last episode for season three of Simp and After Dark. Thank you again, Stephanie, for coming of through. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for all your information and just like chiming in on stuff. Cause I'm always just like pulling shit up and it's so easy to just like come across information and just like interpret it whatever way but uh, like having you here to like break it down and like confirm like yes or no, like you're actually educated on this shit. Like, I try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like TikTok is informative or like Twitter, internet in general, the fucking yeah. internet, like there could be so much bullshit out there Definitely. always like do like your research your own research to confirm or deny shit or look further into it find books by like credible sources all that um but yeah it's been a great season i had so much fun uh next season coming back with great guests as always all of that and i just want to kind of like plan everything out definitely gonna be dropping some merch soon so keep an eye out for that i will still I be active on wait. ig yes i can't wait either it's gonna be cute for sure Um, Quick shout out to Wild 7 Studios I'm here in downtown LA So shout out to them for always hosting I love it here And shout out to Nightshade Collective And to my girls April and Alexa for helping me every week And shout out to Stephanie again Thank you so much And you can follow me at uh, Simpin After Dark On Instagram, Twitter, TikTok And my personal is Ash underscore Friday underscore
2: mine is stephanie is it underscore no yeah is it it? i think stephanie underscore venezuela like the country
1: yeah so she wise and she cute go follow her thank you and (laughs) yeah i will link shit below articles help all that anything i talked about on here and yeah i'll miss you guys and we'll talk soon. See you next time. See you next time. Bye.